Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. All right. Hey, good morning, Day Spring. You didn't have your coffee this morning? You should have, because you can't have coffee after the service is done. All right, let's give that another try. Good morning. Hey, Happy New Year. If uh, this is uh, your first time with us, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you would join us today. I'm so glad to see you guys start off the year the right way in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are also glad and we want to recognize those that are online. I know quite a few people uh, watch online and some of them watch live. Some of them watch later on. We're also glad for you. When you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin that looks like this. Inside of it, there's an outline. I want to invite you to pull that out and uh, you can follow along with me. Um, Today is a good day. Amen. I used to have an old boss that used to say any day above ground is a good day. Amen. But not only are we above ground today, but today is a good day because today we begin our 21 day Daniel fast. How many of you guys are excited? All right. So a couple of things. Uh, They'll tell you more about it at the end. But uh, we have two resources available. If you've never done the fast and you're like, what is this fast? What can I eat? What can I not eat? Uh, We've made this little booklet. There's a couple of them outside Um, in it. You'll find the reasons why we fast, the spiritual reasons. You'll find what to eat, what not to eat. You'll find some recipes and you'll even find some restaurants where you could go eat so that you're not eating beans and uh, wheat bread like we did that first year we fasted. So if you've never done the fast and you are doing it this year and you say, I want a little bit more info, this is out there. The other thing, and I hope every single person picks one of these up is that we are fasting not only as a local church, but we're also fasting as a Foursquare family. All the Foursquare churches around the globe are fasting. And uh, Foursquare has made a devotional booklet. And uh, it's 21 days. They're really short. They're really good. Um, You can pick one up. They're free. Because fasting is just not about not eating, but it is about seeking God. Amen? So there's some scripture, and there's even family moments which is something that I really want to encourage you to take advantage of. If you got little ones, if you got a family at your dinner time, uh, maybe take the time to do the family moments. One of the decisions that we made in our household is that not only are we going to fast food, but we're also going to fast TV and social media. And even my little ones are doing it. Did you know that? Kaylee started last week on her own. She said, Dad, no TV. And and we were still watching TV because I was trying to get all the TV out of me this week. And she was so good to not watch TV. And uh, so we're going to be using those uh, as our family moments. So like I said, today we're starting our 21-day Daniel fast. But we're also starting a series called Don't Get Stuck. Amen? And we're going to talk about those things that help us launch forward. Uh, Before we jump into that, if you were here for New Year's Eve for our New Year's Eve service, we did something very special. And uh, we had these little jars of oil. um, And I preached about it. Not everybody got one that was here that day. We ran out of them. I had little faith that not that many people were going to show up and we had a really good outcome. So if you were here that day and you didn't get one, just want to let you know I'm keeping my promise that we have those available today. Uh, They will be in the Welcome Center. So make sure that if you were here and you didn't get one, you pick one up because if not, I know other people are, okay? They're free also. Amen. So today we're going to start a new series called Don't Get Stuck. And, and, and these two things go together, the fasting and uh, the series go together because in order, in, in order to, to obtain something new, we got to be able to leave something behind. Amen. To have God do something in our lives, which is what the fasting is about, we have to empty.
empty ourselves of certain things. Look at what Isaiah 43:19 says. If you have your outline, uh, your bulletin, I want to invite you to pull your outline out. And would you stand with me? Um, I've been sharing that uh, starting in this year, we're always going to rise to read the word of God. We rise when judges uh, walk in. We rise to salute our flag. And uh, we're going to rise to honor the word of God. Amen. Isaiah 43:19. Look at what the prophet Isaiah wrote. He says, this is God speaking through the prophet. He said, for I am about to do what? Anybody need something new in their life? Anybody happy with the old? The only old thing you should be happy with is your spouse. That should be the only thing that you don't want to trade up for a new one. Amen. He says, for I am about to do something new. And then look at what he says. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And God is asking us a question. It will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. How many of you guys want God to do something new in this year? I want to tell you that God wants and has promised to do something new. But you know why sometimes, why sometimes we can't obtain that new that he wants to do? Because we're holding on to something old. There are things that are holding us back from me being able to obtain what God wants to do in our life. Let's pray and we'll jump into God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that your presence is in this place. So Lord, I pray that as we go into your word that your spirit would speak to us. Lord, I pray that more than ever today, this morning, your word would have a, an impact in how we see and how we think and how we feel and in how we decide. Lord, we open ourselves to learn more from you, to know you, but most importantly, to obey you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you're the kind of person that makes New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year. Uh, or maybe you're the kind that says, you know, New Year's resolutions don't work. You know, by January 5th, we've broken every single one of them. We've given up on them and uh, they're pointless. You know, they're just kind of an embarrassment and a guilt. Well, I don't know where you stand in that camp. But today, I want to invite you that as we start the year, that we would make a resolution as a church. That we would make a resolution as individuals. And that resolution is to not stay stuck where we are. To not remain in the same place. To not be stagnant. To not be entrapped by the things that have held us captive for so long. To not remain in the same condition and in the same place that maybe we have been for far too long. That's what God told the people of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3. Look at what it says in your outline. This is God speaking to them and he says, you have circled this mountain, what? Long enough. In other words, you've been going around and around and around and you've been stuck in the same place far too long. It's been long enough. It's time for something better. It's time for something new. It's time to move on. It's time to make progress. And I don't know about you, but, but, but I, I don't want to stay in the same place that I, that I have been in this past year. I want to go further. I want to go higher. I want to I make progress. I want to become a better person. I want to become a better husband. I want to become a better Christian. So I think it's a good time to, to readjust our way of thinking so that we can advance. To revive our hearts so that we can love and heal. It's a good time to reaffirm our convictions so that we know the direction that we need to move. It's a good time to activate our faith so that we can conquer those things that God has for us. It's a good time to move towards God's best for our lives. But we won't do that if we stay stuck. And if you want to get unstuck, well, then you need to disengage from those things that are keeping you stuck. Did you know that? 
Did you know that that any time you decide to say, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the goal that I, that I want to achieve. Here's the place I want to be able to reach. That not only do you have to make goals, but you have to look at what are the things that are holding you back. A lot of us know what we want, but we don't know what's holding us back. And in this series, we're going to talk about five things that we need to unhook from, that we need to overcome, that we need to be aware of if we want to move forward. And today, I want to talk to you about the first thing that keeps people stuck. You want to know what the biggest thing that keeps people stuck is? Lack of vision. They don't have a vision for their lives. When you can't see the good and the new that God wants to do, you'll stay stuck in your life. Let me tell you something. God is always wanting to do something new in our lives. Always. His mercies are new every day. He he is a source of, of tremendous goodness and great plans for our lives. God is always wanting to do something exceptional in our lives. And this year, 2023, is not the exception. And that's exactly what Isaiah says in Isaiah 43, 19, which is the verse that we read. He says, he says, I am about to do something new. But here's the thing. Some of you don't believe that because you can't see it. Because you've lost your vision. Because you don't have a vision to see the things that God wants to do. And that's why he asked the following and he says, see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And look at what he says. He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wastelands. And he says, see, some of you, some of you, you're in a desert, you're in a wasteland. You've suffered more than you have in in any other time before. You've had to face difficulties that you haven't had to face in previous times. But that doesn't mean that you're staying in that place. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to create a path where where it may seem impossible to be a path because I want to take you to something better and something greater. But we won't achieve that unless we see it. So why does God ask, do you not see it? Because in order to obtain the goodness of God, you need to be able to see it. But not with your physical eyes. You need to be able to see it with the eyes of your heart, with the eyes of your mind. In fact, vision is the ability to see, not with your physical eyes, but with, their, but with your mental eyes, with the eyes of your heart. So I got a question for you this morning. Can you see the new that God wants to do in your life? Because here's the thing. God reveals it. But he reveals it to our heart. He reveals it to our mind. He reveals it to our spirit. Helen Keller, the famous writer and activist who was left blind and mute as a result of an illness in her childhood, said the following words. And I think these are great words. Here's what she said. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight and not having vision. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is being able to see with your physical eyes, but not being able to see with your spiritual eyes. To see the problem that's in front of you, but not to see the great God that can overcome that problem. And see, the problem for many of us is that too many people have lost their vision. And that's why they're stuck in life. And that's why they don't make progress. And instead of getting better, and instead of conquering, and instead of obtaining God's goodness, it seems like things are always getting worse. Because they've lost their vision. They've lost their ability to see what God wants to do in their lives. Now, I'm with you. Because too often problems, difficulties, the demands of life, the obligations... They begin to choke our vision and they begin to make our vision blurry. 
And we get so entrapped by, by the demands of being a parent, of being a husband, of being a business owner, of being young, of being in school, and so forth and so forth, that we get trapped and we end up what? Just going in circles. And that's why God says, you've been going around this mountain far too long. It's time to what? It's time to head north. <coughs> and without vision, you'll stagnate without vision. Ten years from now, you'll be in the same or worse place than you are now. That's why if you want to get unstuck, if you want to go towards the new that God has for us, we need a fresh vision. Look at what Proverbs says. You may be familiar with Proverbs 19, 29, 18. Look at what it says in your outline. It says, where there is no vision, people are what? Unrestrained. Another version says rampant. Now, the word unrestrained or rampant is the word para. And the word para carries the, the sense of letting go or letting something go through your hands or losing opportunities. Let me explain what that means. When I was younger, we used to play uh, flag football. In fact, yesterday we got together with our family and Hugo and Angel and I were reminiscing of those times when we were younger and skinnier. And we used to play flag football outside of our Thursday service uh, back in uh, Rinaldi. And uh, it, 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 you might remember this. When there was somebody, there's those white receivers, right? And whenever the quarterback would throw the ball, and there was those individuals that just couldn't catch the ball, right? I mean, they would touch the ball, they would feel the ball, they would fumble the ball, kind of like the Raiders, right? Um, <laughs> they would... They would feel the ball, they would touch the ball, but they couldn't what? They couldn't get a hold of the ball. Anybody remember what we used to call those kind of people? Butterfingers, yes. Butterfingers, because the ball would be near them, the ball would be within their capacity to obtain, but they what? But they would always fumble it. A person without vision is a butterfinger. Because without vision, you'll miss opportunities. Without vision, you won't know when to take advantage of things. Without vision, you won't be able to obtain and retain the good things that God has for you. Why? Why is it that a lack of vision makes us a butterfinger? Well, because a lack of vision has serious consequences. When you lose your, your ability to see the things that God has for you, fear is going to invade you. You're going to be afraid all the time. Well, what if this and what if that? And if I go here, this is going to happen. And if I don't do this, here's what's going to happen. And you'll be a person driven by fear. And fear will not let you go forward. But fear pushes you what? Back. When you lose your vision... You, you focus only on the negative and you become what? A negative person. Anybody know a negative person? They're horrible to be around, right? They're horrible to be around. You, they, they're, they always see the worst. And they're so bitter, right? I mean, don't elbow them. Don't look at them right now. Just fast for them in these 21 years. 21 days, I mean, 21 years. Yeah, some of you need to fast 21 years, yes. <laughs> when we lose sight, when we lose sight, there's all kinds of serious consequences. We lose our motivation, we lose our drive, our fate shrinks. But the worst thing about not having a vision is that you stop advancing, you stop growing, you stop making movement. And listen, if this year... You want a better year than last year? You need a fresh vision. If this year you're saying, God, I'm tired of being the same person. I'm tired of dealing with the same things. God, I'm tired of being in the same place. The first thing you need to ask God to do is to give you a fresh vision for your life. Because progress and vision are inseparable. You cannot make progress without a vision. And if you want to move forward, you need a fresh vision from the Lord. If you, if, you, if you cannot see, 
if you cannot see a better future for yourself, if you do not set goals, if you do not dream, I want to tell you that you're stuck. You're going around that mountain because you have no vision. And you're not even living. You're existing. You're just waiting for whatever day it is to come so that you can pass from life to eternity. And I want to say respectfully that that is a horrible waste of existence. That God created you for far, far more than to just breathe and exist and consume. He wants you to experience joy. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to see life as a journey. He wants you to see the, the result of having faith and seeing that faith make a way for God to move in your life. And see, the thing is that, as I mentioned, when you lack vision, not only do you not make progress, but what is it that you begin to do? You begin to go back. Because that's the way things work in life. Either you're moving in one direction or you're moving in the opposite direction. In your marriage, if your marriage is not growing, you know what your marriage is doing? It's shrinking. In your spiritual life, if you are not progressing, you know what you're doing? You're digressing. So if you're not making progress, what you're likely doing is going the opposite direction. So if in 2023, I love what, what, uh, what Mark uh, said in our, in our prayer time together. And by the way, can, can we just give him a round of applause for leading worship today? If you were in our Christmas service, he was here and uh, we, we invited him back and uh, we're great. Uh, we're blessed that he was back. And he said something very important and I thought it was well said. He said, 2023 can be your best year, will be your best year. If in 2023, your spiritual life is your best attribute. In other words, if we get serious with God, if we spend time with God, if we get a vision from God, guess what? 2023 doesn't have to be 2020 or 2021 or even 2022. So what I want to do today is I want to encourage you to dream a little bit. And I want you to dig in there and see the new that God wants to do in your life in 2023. Because a vision has many benefits. In fact, let me mention four things that a, a fresh vision does. Are you ready for them? Here's number one. A fresh vision will make you a proactive person. The first benefit, the first reason why we should desire and seek a, a fresh vision is because it's going to make us a proactive person. According to Webster's Dictionary, being proactive means acting in anticipation of the future. Let me say that again. Being proactive means that you act in anticipation of the future. It means that you don't wait for things to happen, to begin to act, to think, and to behave a certain way. That you begin to do it now because you are so convinced that it's going to happen, that it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when it happens. And see, that's what a vision does. A vision allows you to see what, not only what could be, but what will be. And because you can see what's coming ahead, you can begin to act and think and behave and make decisions today that are going to prepare you for what? For your tomorrow. But when you lack vision, instead of being proactive, you are just a, a person that reacts to the things that happen in life. And you become uh, reactive to everything that everybody's doing. And if, and if society says, go this way, well, then you go that way. And if people say, well, now this is cool, well, then that's what you do. Because you don't have vision for your life. You don't have a clear image of what God wants to do and where God is taking you. So you become, you, you, you become somebody that is taken from one side to the other to the other. In fact, that's what James says about such person. Look at what he says in James 1.8. He says, a person who has doubt, who, who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about what? Anything. Without vision, you'll have doubt. And you know the thing about doubt? That you never make firm decisions. 
You oscillate. Well, that's why you have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. That's why you won't commit to, to, to marriage and, and that's why you still fool around. Because without vision, you can't make firm decisions. And here's the thing about decisions. Decisions determine where you end up in life. And every decision will guide you to a destination in your life. But you know what the danger in that is? That not all decisions are going to take you to the life that you want. Andy Stanley, a pastor in Georgia, in one occasion said, everybody ends up somewhere in life. But not everybody ends up there on purpose. Where you are now is the sum of your decisions. And if you didn't have vision for your life, well, then you did a lot of reacting and you did a, a, a lot of unsecured decisions, unwise decisions that maybe have you in a place where, where you wish you weren't. But if you get a fresh vision from the Lord today, you'll become a proactive person. You'll begin to say, listen, I don't go to those places and I don't do those things and I don't use my money that way because here's where I'm going. And I don't have to wait to get there to start behaving like so because I know that it's a matter of time before it happens. But if you don't have vision, you're a reactive person instead of a proactive person. The second thing that a fresh vision does is that it motivates you. Would you fill that out in your outlines? A fresh vision not only makes you proactive, but it motivates you. Look at what Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians 3.14. Look at what he says, and he's talking about himself. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is what? Calling us. Here's what Paul is saying in that verse. He says, I'm moving forward. I'm pressing. I'm going up and not down. I'm going further and not going back. I am going to keep pressing on. And the question for us is, is what is it that motivates Paul to keep pressing on when difficulty comes? If you're familiar with Paul's story, you know that he faced all kinds of troubles. He was deserted, he was whipped, he experienced need, he experienced persecution. But if you know Paul's life, you know that through it all, he was an individual that persevered and kept pressing on. Why is it that Paul could write, I press on, even when things get tough? You know, I'm not that old. Oh, I'm kind of getting old, but I'm still not that old. But I remember a time that when things got tough, people sought the Lord. Now things get tough and people get angry at the Lord and forsake the Lord. Anybody as old as I am remember those days? That when things got tough, you didn't run from God, but you ran to God. I remember there was earthquakes and the church would get packed. Now there's an earthquake and the church is even more empty. What is it? that causes us to keep pressing forward? What is it that keeps that, that, that motivates us to keep going when others quit? Paul tells us, what motivates you is to see the end of the race, to see the end price, to see the result, to see the goal, to see the final destination. Look at what he says. He says, I press on to reach what? The end of the race. When you don't have a vision of where your life is going to end up or what you want your life to become, you give up so easily. Somebody doesn't shake your hand and you get all offended and, and bitter and, and you even move states. Because when you can't see the end in mind, then you are, you, you, you'll guide yourself by what's going on right now. I... I got a crazy goal. I got a crazy goal. And I was tempted to not say it because if I don't reach it, um, I'm going to feel the, like some of you are going to make fun of me. But, but it's okay. I got to live what I preach, right? So I got a crazy goal for my life this year, okay? I'm going to run the marathon this year again for the third time. I already signed up. I already paid for it. And here's my goal, okay? My goal is to run it under four hours. 
just for you to get an idea, the first time I ran it, it took me five hours and 27 minutes to do it. The second year, this past year that I did it, it took me four hours and 47 minutes to do it. This next, this coming, this year that we're in, I wanted to run it under four hours. That means I have to run an average of eight minutes a mile. So I've been training for it. I've been training for it. I've signed up for this training and I've been doing it. And yesterday, yesterday, the training that, that I have required me to go run two hours. I was tired because the day before I had been pushing a double stroller all day and standing in line all day. And I was just sore. And, you know, in the morning I came to church and then Kaylee needed to be somewhere and Mason needed to be somewhere else. And then we needed a few things from the, for the house. And I was running around. And by the time that I actually got home to go, that I had some free time, what I wanted most was to fall asleep. Just, just kind of enjoy my day, right? But at that moment, I said, I got a goal. And if I skip on this, I'm skipping on my goal. So you know what I did? I put on my shorts and my running shoes, and I went out running. You want to know something? Yesterday, I ran almost 14 miles at my best pace so far. Now, I tell you that, I tell you that, not, 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 not to feel good about myself but I tell you that because that's the difference that having a goal and seeing the end of uh, the end makes in you it motivates you to do the things that you need to do so that you can obtain the things that you want to do because the things that you want don't come with the things that you feel like doing have you noticed that I mean, what is it that we feel like doing? Binge watching, sleeping in, being lazy, not taking a shower. But what, what is it that we want? We want to be slim and we want to have good marriages and we want to smell good and we want to look good, right? The things that we want don't come with the things that we feel like doing. So what motivates us to do what we don't want to do, but need to do to obtain what we want to do is what? A vision, a goal, an end in mind. That was Paul's motivation. In fact, what exactly was it Paul's motivation? Well, he tells us in Romans 15, 20. Look at what he says in Romans 15, 20. He says, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started. By what? By someone. Paul says, what, what motivates me, what drives me, my goal is to see the name of Christ be preached in places where it hasn't been preached. And not only did that drive him, it also gave him direction. Because he tells us, in order to do what I, what I want to see happen, there's some things that I also need to stop doing. Which is another benefit of having a vision. That a vision not only tells you what to do, but it also tells you what not to do. And Paul is a good example. He says, what drives me, my motivation is to see the name of Christ preached in places where it hasn't been preached. And in order to do that, I'm not going to go to the places where there's already a church. I'm not going to do that because if I do that, I can't do this one thing. See, some of us, we want, we want this thing, but we don't want to let go of this thing. And the trouble is that they're at opposition. Right? You can't obtain this if you're, you can't obtain the goodness of God if you're flirting with the devil. Right? And that's what, a, that's what a vision does. It motivates you. It drives you. And it helps you to get, to not give up when it's easy to give up and it tells you what you need to stop. The third thing is that a fresh vision will move you forward. Now, I know that this sounds very similar to the last point, but, but let me explain. We read verse 14 of Philippians 3. Let me read to you what Paul says in the previous verse, in verse 13. Look at what he says. I am bringing all my energies to bear this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You ready for this? Ready for this? You're, you're going to want to write this down. 
This is tweetable. This is your, your, your phrase of 2023. This is going to blow your mind. Are you ready? The future is always ahead of you. Did you catch that? Or do I need to say that slowly? The future is what? Always ahead of you. Now, I'm not trying to insinuate that, that you're not smart. But what I am alluding to is to something that we don't confess, but we do live. And a lot of us live not with the future in mind, but with the past in mind. And the goodness that God has is not in your past, is in your future. And your future is always ahead of you. Which, by the way, you always move towards what you see. Have you noticed that? It is what you see that you move yourselves to. That's why some of you are going backwards. Because your sight is what? In your past. And until your sight is in the future, in the good things that God has for you, you won't move. And that's why you'll be comfortable being 40 years old, still living with your parents, because you got no vision. And that's why you, you, you'll miss out on opportunities because you lack vision that moves you forward. But in order to move forward, we got to deal with the past. Because see, one of the biggest weapons that the enemy wants to use is what? Our past. Because can we be honest? We all got some skeletons in our past. We all got some shame and regret and sin and issues in our past. And the enemy will constantly, will constantly try to remind you of your past. And Paul says, Paul says, I do this one thing. I forget what lies behind me and I look towards what's ahead of me. Here's what Paul was saying. And this is powerful. He says, if you want to move forward, you need to forget the past and you need to get a vision for yourself. And today, I am believing that God is not only going to give you a vision, but that he's also going to help you to deal with your past. Many of us, we're dragging our past. You're not what they did to you. You're not what they said about you. You're not even the choices that you made. You are what he says you are. How do we deal with the past? How do we deal with it? How, how can we leave the past in the past? Did you know that the past is only good for one thing? To learn from it. That's it. To learn from it. The only thing you should do with your past is learn to not make the mistakes that you made in the past. But if you're carrying your past, if you're allowing the things that you did in the past to define you today, you got to deal with that. How do we deal with that, Pastor? Well, you come to the cross. You come to the cross where God can forgive you. And you come to the cross where God can forgive you. You ready for this? So the thing you can forgive yourself. If God, who is perfect, and by the way, every sin that we've made, every bad mistake that we've made has not only affected our kids and our loved ones, but most importantly, it's affected God. And our sin always begins by affecting and offending God. So if he's able to forgive us, we can forgive ourselves. We're going to, in a few minutes, we're going to practice of communion. And when we do, we're going to use communion today to deal with our past. And if there's any hidden shame, if there's any hidden issues that are holding you down, I am believing that you're going to receive God's forgiveness and you're going to forgive yourselves and forgive others and you're going to be set free today. How many say, I want that, Pastor? Amen. Amen? Last thing. Let me finish with the last thing that a fresh vision does. A fresh vision will inspire you to work with others. A fresh vision will inspire you to work with others. Look at what, what Paul says about the church in Philippians 1.5. He says, whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been what? My partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. You know, 
If, you, if, if you've ever read the New Testament, it's not hard to see that the early church was an amazing church. The early church was a powerful church. The early church was a church of community of believers that were committed to one another and to God. It was, it was, it was a community of believers that, that, that were not hypocrites. They didn't, they didn't have masks or pretended to be something that they were not. They were honest and vulnerable and transparent with one another. The, the, the early church was a group of community of, of individuals that loved each other with a very radical love, a love that was not common outside of the early church. The early church was a, was a generous church. It was the kind of church that they sold what they had and they shared it with those that needed it. It was a church where the presence of God manifested and it was evident. Listen, the early church was so radical and so amazing that it presented an image to the world that even those that disagree with the church were attracted by the church. Can you imagine if the church in America became like that? Where Democrats and Republicans can disagree with us, but they say, but they look at the church and they say, you know what? I don't know. I, I don't agree with their beliefs, but there's something about them that causes me to want to find out a little bit more. Because what a vision does is that it, 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 it causes you to want to partner, to want to work with other people together. And listen, our church, the church of Christ, will not be everything it needs to be until we get a vision from the Lord. Because until we can see what God wants to do, not just in our lives, but through our lives and together with the lives of others, we'll miss out on it. I have a vision for Dayspring. In fact, this year, I want to invite you, as you fast, to also add these four things to your fasting that we would want God to help us do and become of our church. Let me tell you what they are. There's not a space for you to write them down, but, um, but you might want to write them down. Here's my vision for Dayspring in 2023. The first thing I want is I want to see more people come to Christ. I want to see your loved ones. I want to see your children. I want to see your neighbors. I want to see your coworkers. I want to see those that abandoned the Lord during COVID to come back to the Lord. But in order to do that, we need a vision. You know, there's, our church is composed of a lot of wonderful people. But there's one individual in our church. Her name is Isabella. We call her Chabella. Just about every week, she posts on every social media, you're invited to church today. You're invited to church. She's always bragging about the church. She's always showing off our church. Always. And this past year, because of her, one of her relatives started coming to church. And uh, last week I was talking to him, um, no, two weeks ago for New Year's Eve, uh, I was talking to him and I told him, Sal, you know, I'm so glad that this year you came into our church life. And you know what he said to me? He said, no, I'm grateful for Dayspring because Dayspring literally changed my life. I want that story repeated a hundred times. But until we get a vision where church is not about, I'm just wasting my Sunday morning. And when we see it as the house of God, as the opportunity for people to be saved, as lives are being transformed, we'll miss out on that great opportunity. But I believe that in 2023, God is going to light a fire for us to see people come to Christ. The second thing that I believe I will see is that I'm going to see more people experience a spiritual revival. Where we're not religious people, but we're spiritual people. You know what the number one driving desire of 2023 as your pastor is going to be? For you to make the presence of God your number one priority. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our first meeting with our leadership team. And the one thing I'm going to do in that meeting is to say, what can we do as a church to seek the presence of God. I, because 
We can't be dry Christians. We got to be people of the Spirit. People who move in the power of the Spirit. People who are sensitive to the Spirit. People who carry the presence of God. I'm tired of seeing Christians that cuss more than non-Christians. I'm tired of seeing Christians that are more addicted than non-Christians. I'm tired of seeing Christians who are worse husbands than non-Christians. We need a spiritual revival. And I believe that God is going to do it this year. The third thing that I, that I believe we will see is that we're going to see more, more people serve through their gifts. That we're going to see more people serve. Hey, church, can I tell you something? I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. A lot of us are tired. We're tired. Because for the last two years, it has been a handful of people carrying the church. It's a handful of people who, are, who love the church enough and love the Lord enough to be available to help. My wife has killed herself trying to improve our kids' ministry. And till this day, and by the way, I am grateful for those of you that responded, but till this day, we still have some empty spots in our nursery. Nobody wants to take care of the kids. Our kids. We, we say on, on baby dedications that, that the kids are a gift from the Lord, that they are a reward from heaven, but yet we don't want to take care of them. A lot of people got comfortable during COVID. And people who were faithful servants, people who used to wake up every Sunday and be here at 8 o'clock to make the house of the Lord the best possible, got comfortable. And now they come when they want to and they help if they, if they feel like it. But I believe that in 2023, as we seek the presence of God, we're going to develop a love for this place where we're going to say, what can I do? How can I make a difference? Because when you serve, you make a difference. And not everybody needs to do the kids. But we got room for you in the cafe. We got room for you in the welcome center. We need ushers. We need people to help us buy cups and, and, and buy toiletries and people to decorate and people to vacuum. There's so much to do in the house of God. So if you're not doing anything, I want you to know that I'm coming after you in the spirit. <laughs> and that I believe this year, you're going to graduate from a teenager to an adult. <laughs> Teenagers don't want to do anything around the house, right? They just want to consume electricity and devour the fridge. But an adult, what does an adult do? An adult takes care of the house. And the last thing, the last part of this vision that I have for Dayspring is that we're going to see more people partner with Dayspring. And let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, what's one of the things that I love about the team that we have is that we don't lack vision. We don't. When we get together to plan our special days, we don't lack vision. We're, we're not like, oh, well, what do we do? We, we, no. People have, has, has, has given us very creative, visionary people. But you know what stops us? Can I be honest with you? Not just no hands, but the biggest thing that stops us is no money. I, I, I'm not lying to you. You can ask the people that were part of our day spring, Marianne, Marianne has a joke about me, you know, and uh, it, it, it's a good joke. Um, she always, she, I'll ask her to do something. And the first thing she says to me is, what's my budget? In other words, how much can I really count? Because depending on what you give me is what I could do. And one of the things that I love about her is that she does miracles with the little that we can give her. But let me tell you, if more people were generous and faithful, you know this, and I can say this to you, very peacefully, you know that we would give you more. Because we're not a church that takes, we're a church that gives. Did you know that for the last few months, the cafe has cost us money? But we haven't shut it down. We've been tempted to, because there's time that we'll spend $150, $170, and there'll be a $25 donation. 
We're a church that gives because we believe that we love to give. But our ability to give is tied to your giving. And I promise you this. If you were more faithful to the Lord, not only would he bless you, but Dayspring would become a better place that does better things. But I believe that this year, some of you, you're going to be set free from being stingy. Because when you were born, you didn't come out head first. You came out with your elbow first. But God is going to set you free. You're going to develop a love for this place. Amen. Let me tell you, you can give without loving, but you can't love and not give. And if you are a person that gives, you definitely love this place because there's no way you can love this place and not give. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I ran out of time, but here's what I want to do. That's the vision that I want you to pray about in 2023. But now I want to ask you to write down your vision. And in your outline, if you have your bulletin in your outline, the reason it looks funny today is because I wanted to leave the bottom part open for you to write your vision. And I want to ask you, what do you believe God wants to do in your life? Now, now, wait a minute. Before you start writing, let me tell you something. If you don't know, it's okay. I believe that during these 21 days, God is going to reveal it to you. Because here's the thing, you have to be careful about the vision you embrace. Because I have seen people ruin their lives thinking that they have a good vision for themselves. I've seen people end up miserable and alone because they thought that their happiness was in a relationship that it wasn't. I've seen people end up broke and in a horrible place because although they had a good vision, it wasn't from the Lord and they did things in businesses that did not have God's blessing. So it's almost better to not know and ask God than to say, God, here's my vision, bless it. Because it's not you doing the new thing, it's God doing the new thing. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.